Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Welcome to Emerging Headliner, powered by Source Elements. Today we're speaking to Chappelle Rowan, so welcome to Headliner Radio. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. So where are we speaking to you from today? I am from a, well, I'm currently in Stratford, Missouri, which is like a very small town, like 2,000 people. It's a farm town. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where you're from originally, isn't it? A, a, another small town, but my, my family just recently moved here, so I'm living with them at the moment. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, okay, cool. Um, that must be nice mm-hmm. to be back with them. I guess are you doing that during this, you know, crazy lockdown period? Yeah, it just doesn't, like, really make sense to be in L.A. right now. Mm-hmm. But I um, I do plan on going back as soon as I can. Yeah. So um, what would you normally be doing if, you know, this lockdown stuff wouldn't be happening? Would you be, you know, touring and performing in places and that's things like that? Oh, yes. I miss touring so bad. Yeah, I hopefully I would. I mean, it's, it's, it's summertime, so hopefully I would be, like, at a festival or something. Mm. So it sounds like you're definitely missing performing live by the sounds of it. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite part of my career. Really? The best part. You prefer that to, mm-hmm. um, you know, recording in the studio and all that side of things then? Yeah. I think that, you know, writing is just so emotionally exhausting for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just doing sessions is, is, is fun. But, like, touring to me, just performing is the best part. And doing music videos, I like doing that too. Oh yeah, I can tell. I've watched a few of them. I can tell you're getting really into them as time goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're really cool. But I guess you you must just really miss that um, audience interaction, I suppose, because without that, I mean, are you doing any of those, um, you know, those Instagram live concert things where you're essentially performing to a phone? Man, I really, I haven't done that in a while. I have been doing like little covers here and there, but I... I need to do one of those. I um, I just recently did one with um, like a live session with like a person out of Portland, but I, and that was really fun, but it's still strange because like you can't, you know, you just like stop and say like, oh, thank you. Okay. This next song is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, it's kind of, I don't know. It's weird, but yeah. I need to do one on Instagram live for sure. Well, I suppose, yeah, it must seem like you're talking to yourself at some point because, you know, that you don't know who's there and you, I suppose you can't really read the small comments depending on how close you are to your phone or how good your eyesight is, I guess. Um, a lot of people are saying they find it really bizarre and they some people don't even like it, but they're just kind of like, well, this is what it is now, so there you go. Right. <laughs> right, yeah, it's a little bizarre. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, as Obviously, you've touched on this already. You grew up in a tiny town in Missouri, not the one you're in now, obviously, because your family's moved. But um, And that's when you started exploring your songwriting in your early teens. So um, how was songwriting an emotional outlet for you then? Um, I mean, songwriting is like when I just recently realized this, because at first I just didn't really know why I wrote. I just did it because it felt like I should. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know why. And and recently, like in the past you know, few months, I was just like, oh, me writing is like me living my fantasies. Like, because that's what inspires me the most is like all the fantasies I make up in my head. Like Pink Pony Club, for example. Like, it's about like, you know, being a go-go dancer at a club. And that's a, like a fantasy of mine. But instead of doing it, I would just 
I just write a song about it. And it's like, I get to live that experience through the song and performing it live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I suppose almost like a character in a way you can do things that maybe you wouldn't do in your, I'm doing air quotes here that you can't see your normal life or what you would perhaps actually do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And um, I saw you, you took up piano at 12 and then by the age of 16, you'd written um, your song called Die Young, uh, which was accompanied by a video that you created on your own. And then just six months later, you were signed to Atlantic Records. Congratulations, by the way. And um, School Nights EP, that was released in September 2017. So that happened so quickly. Mm. So what was that period of your life like? It must have been a bit of a whirlwind. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just like had no idea what was going on. But I just didn't know how to process it because I, I've, you know, and sometimes I still don't know how to process it because like I'm 22, but I was seven, I just turned 17 when I had gotten signed and it just felt like a whirlwind. I didn't know what like was how to feel or who to talk to about it because I was so young and, and none of my friends are artists or even really creative. So I, I just felt like, kind of lost and like roaming around but at the same time I was releasing music and it was very overwhelming but very it was the best learning experience Mm, how did you adapt to that if you were going you know like you say from school to suddenly you know getting signed and creating all this music and getting it out there oh yeah that was like so hard (laughs) I, I remember being in New York like showcasing for uh, Republic records and literally like the night before having to do math, like my math homework before I went and, and like showcase for the execs of the, the label. Like I had, it was, it was so weird to me that, you know, I had to like take off school. I was so far behind. I graduated a year early so I could do music. Um, it was, and it's also super hard to adapt from a small rural town to Los Angeles and New York, Mm. you know, it was, I had never been, I had never seen a skyscraper. I, you know, like we're so far away from the ocean even here. So it was, it was just like, I was shocked (laughs) for like three years straight. Yeah. I don't blame you. That does sound like quite the culture change that you had there. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, so we were talking about um, Die Young, obviously. So so how old were you when you um, recorded this vocal? Because it sounds really quite mature f- um, from, my, from my hearing, um, but you're still so young now. Well, I was... When I wrote the song when I was 16, I think we mixed the original demo vocal when I was 16, and then I re-recorded part of the song when I was 18. Oh, wow. I believe. 17 or 18. The voice sounds so much more mature than that. And uh, I mean that in a complimentary way, really. It's uh, quite incredible. What do you feel like listening back to it now? um, It makes me feel kind of, I don't know, it's sad. (laughs) It's a very heavy song, very heavy, isn't it? The subject matter. Yeah, I don't like listen to my old stuff, um, like ever. Um, just because I feel like it was, no, 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 don't. I, if it feels like, um, like a different person, honestly. Mm. Um, and it just kind of reminds me of like, wow, I've come 
so far. And that was me when I was a very moody, um, angry teen. Mm. <laughs> That's what that makes me think of. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, having issues with my parents and I don't know. I am surprised. I, I, every time I hear that song or like someone brings it up, I'm like, I just, I still don't even know how I wrote it because I don't even think I understood what it was about when I wrote it mm. fully. Like I look at it now and I'm like, Oh, I see what I was trying to get at. But like when I was writing it, it was just like complete. Like it was like screaming out, like something was, I don't know, ripping out my skin. That's dramatic, but that's what it (laughs) sounds like a teenager. I think that's fine. (laughs) Dramatic, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all change and we all learn things. And um, I still think it's a beautiful track. I can totally understand why, you know, you may not want to listen to it anymore, um, especially because you've kind of moved on with your style and everything. And, you know, if you're looking back and thinking, Mm -hmm. what was I thinking? You know, but we... We, we've all done things, haven't we, uh, as teenagers that we might regret now, but I don't think that's one of them. I think it's a wonderful song. So um, I promise I won't play any more of it. Thank <laughs> you. And, um, it's okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's all good. And um, I know, obviously, over the coming year, you earned, you know, major critical buzz for school nights. Um, after a while, you, you didn't want to go on tour and sing just sad songs all of the time. You wanted to be upbeat and make people happy. So... Did you make a conscious decision after that to write happier music or more upbeat or a different kind of music? Yes. And that took me about like six months of failing of just writing it session after session, trying to write a happy song and just coming out with a sad ballad because I didn't understand how to write a happy pop song. Um, I was just tired of singing sad songs on tour. Like it just makes you feel sad after a show. You don't feel super excited. And I wanted to dance. I wanted to move on stage. I wanted to wear weird, like fun clothes. And like, you can't do that. I felt like I couldn't do that was to die young and like get hurt. It just felt too dark. It felt too witchy. And, um, yeah, so I purposely was like, I have to change because this is not sustainable. <laughs> mm, yeah, okay, fair enough. And then, um, obviously, you did do a huge change after that. So in 2018, you packed up all of your stuff and you drove, you know, three days straight uh, from Missouri to LA, which is obviously where you uh, are usually based um, if you're not in lockdown, obviously. And um, I hear that one particularly fun night out at a gay bar changed your entire trajectory as an artist. So, um, I mean, this must have been some night out. I mean, what happened? Sounds amazing, by the way. (laughs) It was uh, shortly after I had turned 21 and um, I could finally go out. I, um, yeah, I went to this club or gay bar in West Hollywood called the Abbey. And um, it's like, I was packed. And there were go-go dancers on the table. And, like, I walked in. And it was, like, the most spiritual experience for me. <laughs> I, I was, like, everyone was having a great time. It was, it was like, magical. And, and like, I loved the go-go dancers. I was, like, I have to be one of them. I want to be one of them. Everyone just, I just felt like I like, belonged there. And so... That really changed my life. And I was sober the entire night. <laughs> so, you were sober? So I was you like really in it. I couldn't, I was, I know. I just, look, I was just, I didn't want 
I needed the experiences. Like, I'm just going to be sober. And I danced my ass off, and I didn't care. And it was the funnest night ever, and something that I couldn't really have experienced here in Missouri, where, you know, in this, in my small town at least. And it was just, like, completely eye-opening and just changed my, you know, direction from that point on. Mm. And it inspired Pink Pony Club. <clears throat> Yeah, that's right. And obviously you felt just completely freeing after that. And it made you sort of, I don't know, felt like you could be yourself. So, um, and then after that, obviously you gained the courage to adopt this more bit of a daring musical approach. So um, how did you challenge yourself in terms of your songwriting after that and with your vocal performance to push yourself a bit more and step out and be a bit more, I guess, the real you? Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I was just bored. Like, I, I wanted to push myself. I wanted to, like, be be bold and be say things that might be a little edgy. I And, and you know, I mean, I, I come from a super conservative area where, it you know, it's, it's just, I, I wouldn't even wear the things that I wear in L.A. here in public like I would just feel weird about it and like so I was like you know what I'm just gonna be everything that I am in LA in my music because I can't I don't I I need to just be myself and and I wanted to feel theatrical I wanted it to feel like a like a show for people and that's what I feel like Pink Pony is doing and what you know music that will come out will do as well Mm. And what, um, so what inspires your songwriting now then? And how has that changed over the years for you? Well, I mean, honestly, some of it hasn't changed. I will forever write about crushes I have on people. Mm -hmm. I did that. That's how I started. And that's how I continue to, (laughs) um, I just, I'm like, so I'm such a romantic and just love fantasizing about people and, um, so that's a huge inspiration and, but I mean, it's changed because I, I've let myself write bad songs and that was really, really hard to get to because I'm pretty hypercritical of my art. Um, I just let myself fail and just know that it's okay. And that took a long time to get to. Mm. Oh, it's hard to sort of get to that risky place, isn't it? Where you need to just take a bit of risk and see what happens. But it sounds like it's paid off and you're glad and you've really embraced this new kind of style. Mm, definitely. And um, you described your new bolder sound as, um, was it slumber party pop? That was it. So where did this idea come from? What did you have in mind when you came up with this phrase? Sl- okay, well, slumber party pop to me is, it's like summer parties are just a huge part of, of my childhood. Like I loved going, you know, and having summer parties because you, they're so fun. You, you always like dance and sing and talk about like your crushes and, you know, and then at the end of the night when everyone's going to sleep, you know, you all tell your darkest secrets and like someone ends up crying and, and like, it's just, a roller coaster of everything that I love and I wanted to put that into pop music and so, so that's what Slumber Party Pop means to me also just the dreamy like glittery 
uh, I don't know, teen vibe. I'm like obsessed with being like the, the unrealistic teenager. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's gotcha. what I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, um, Obviously, you've mentioned as well, moving on to Pink Pony Club. So that's the first release from your forthcoming body of work. So that dips into a moment of self-discovery and marks a deliberate departure from your earlier, more darker work that, you know, you're trying to sort of not get away from, but you're stepping into this new, you know, you. So I've seen as well, you were nervous to sing this one because you'd never done anything like it before. But you pushed yourself, obviously, to make it a more theatrical kind of song and to be more authentically you. So was this difficult process to push yourself like that oh yeah that was I was so nervous I was crying before it came out because I just was going back and forth because I just was I I was embarrassed because I I just felt like you know obviously my team was like Kaylee this is so good and you know the producer Dan Nigro was just you know he had worked so hard on it and I had worked hard on it and I was just so scared because I just, I felt like it, it wasn't going to be accepted for some reason or, or just people would hate me. I don't know why I thought that, but even recording the vocals for that, I couldn't have anyone looking at me because I was just, I felt so out of place, but I knew I needed to do it. It was just, it was so uncomfortable, mm. but I'm so glad that I pushed myself because this is exactly where I want to be, you know. Mm. And what was the reaction like from, I suppose, fans or family or people you know when they heard this new sound from you? Oh, it was overwhelmingly positive. And I didn't expect that. I was like, people are going to hate me. I'm going to lose all my fan base because, you know, everyone likes the dark stuff. I'm going to, I was just like, I have no idea what's going to happen. But it was like, Everyone got on board so fast. I was just like, dang, well, I don't know what I was afraid of. <laughs> mm. And I have to ask if you said, you know, you, you didn't really want people looking at you in the studio. How did you, um, you know, get in the zone for the video? So you're on stage and you start off, you know, quite shy and unsure. But then at the end, you're dancing with all these, you know, big, tough biker type blokes and, um, you know, mm. all these fabulous gay people, aren't you? So how was that filming mm. the video for this? That was... The, the beginning of that video, we shot it pretty much, pretty much in order. Um, and so I started off and I, that nervousness that you see is 100% real. I was absolutely terrified and I felt uh, like just so, so nervous with dancing because I'm not a dancer. That's the other thing. I've never been strong at it and I just knew I had to just not care and it was hard to not care (laughs) Mm, um but it was like when they were lifting me in the air um the letter daddies when they were it was like my absolute dream come true I've always wanted to do that and and at the end when I'm just like dancing really hard that was all improv I've never (laughs) or freestyle or whatever I I've never I have no idea what I'm doing, but they somehow made it look really good. And it was like my dream to lose it and dance my ass off, even if I looked like a fool. And I got to do it. No, I think it's fabulous. And you had this amazing, you know, leotard on, didn't you? Very Beyonce, loving the hair. I I thought you looked like a natural, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) 
And um, on the flip side of this exciting new life, you know, this freeing track, um, another recent single from you is California, where the glitz and glamour of Hollywood have worn a little bit thin for you and you're clearly feeling homesick. So um, when did you decide to turn these feelings into a song? Hmm. Yes. Um, that song took me three years to write. I And I did not know what to write it about until I moved to California and realized I didn't want to be there. Okay. <laughs> um, I, it was, I mean, it, the, the first year, I wrote it in the first, like, six months of me moving to L.A., um, and it was just, I was having such a hard time finding myself. I felt, I, and I still feel this way. Like, I kind of feel like I don't really fit in into the the music, like pop writing industry. I, I don't know. I just feel, um, like a little too country, but I'm not country. <laughs> and, and so California was just like, I want, I miss the seasons. I miss the simplicity of the Midwest, you know, it's, that's what inspired that whole song. It's just all of that. And it just took, it was hard. It was very hard to write, but Dan Nigro, the same person who wrote Pink Pony Club with me, um, really brought that out of me. Mm, okay. Clearly a good person for you to work with, bringing out a lot of good stuff in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when um, people listen to music now, what do you hope they feel when they hear the tracks you've been doing recently and any, you know, new work that's going to come out from now on? I mean, I just hope they feel something. <laughs> that's really all the goal is with my music, I, I think, is just to feel something in this wild world. And and hopefully if, if they desire to, I hope they can understand me as an artist as well, mm. um, just as a person in general, like I, all I really want is to just feel like I'm understood and, and in some way, if it helps them through something, maybe homesickness or understanding, you know, queerness through moving to a small, from a small town to a large city or just feeling out of place, like it just, I hope it feel they feel something. Mm. And what about in terms of the rest of the year in your musical plans? Are you going to think of carry on writing stuff? What are your plans for the rest of the year? My goal, I mean, I would love to release a body of work, whether that be a, you know, an album or an EP or just, you know, just a few singles. I just want to release multiple things, um, which I'm very confident that we can get there. Um, It's, I just, I just love releasing and I love building like little worlds around each song. And, um, yeah, but I'm always writing. I have a writing session today, so I'm always, always working. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. Um, excellent then. Um, yeah, that's, that's amazing then. It's been great to hear from you, Chappelle. Thank you so much for joining us today. And that's really exciting to know that you're hoping to release body of work as well. So I'll be looking forward to hearing what's coming next from you then. Yes, thank you so much. It's been lovely speaking to you. Oh, and you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. You Bye. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.